This episode brought to you by Audible, your audio book source with over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And today you can receive a free audiobook and 30-day free trial by visiting audibletrial.com slash richtakeonsports. So don't wait. That's audibletrial.com slash richtakeonsports for your free audiobook and 30-day free trial. Listen to your audiobook anywhere, anytime. Taking sports to another level. Welcome to Rich Take on Sports, the sports podcast with life. Exploring the latest headlines and going behind the scenes with in-depth interviews. Hearing personal stories and the impact of sports in their lives. Here's your host, Richmond Weaver. What time is it? This is Rich Take on Sports. I am your host, Richmond Weaver, and glad you're listening through whatever format that might be. And thanks for being an investor by investing your time to listen. And it's a pleasure to welcome everyone to episode 21. Summer is winding down for many, and the NFL preseason is upon us. And also, the preseason top 25 coaches poll for college football is officially released. So take a backseat, baseball, and every other sport. It's time to focus on football, and we're going to do just that in this episode as well, as our guest is former Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Auburn University All-American running back, Carnell Williams. And many of you might be saying, who? Well, let me clarify. That's Carnell, a.k.a. Cadillac Williams. And I know now you remember. And before we get things rolling with the Rich Spotlight, I just want to make sure to remind everyone that our website is the one-stop source for any and all information about the podcast, and that's richtakeonsports.com. And there you can find all of the other episodes. And also from that website, you can easily subscribe through whatever platform you prefer, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Stitcher. And if you enjoy hearing the stories of our guests each episode, then the biggest compliment is for you to share that with your friends or share it with others via social media. And you can follow on Twitter at Rich Take Sports. Let's move on into the Rich Spotlight. Shining brightly to share the stories of people in sports. This is the Rich Spotlight. Our guest today is Carnell Cadillac Williams, former All-American running back at Auburn University and seven-year NFL veteran of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where he was selected fifth overall by Tampa Bay in the 2005 NFL Draft. After earning All-American honors and SEC Special Teams Player of the Year in 2004 and also helping lead Auburn to an undefeated season in 2004, Carnell was named the AP NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year in in 2005. Unfortunately, injuries would eventually force him to retire after the 2011 season, and this past April, he was actually named to the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. And one of the things that I wanted to know was how was that phone call letting him know that he had been inducted? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I thought somebody was playing a joke on me uh, when they called me. It was from, from a 250 number, so um, I'm thinking you know, I'm thinking, like, who, who is this plan? But I was blown away. And it's crazy because they told me, they're like, well, you can't tell nobody right now because, you know, uh, it, it actually don't hit the media until like a month. So uh, so I, 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 I kind of had to 
hold all those emotions of telling people, you know. That's right. Now, were you able to sneak any details to your family members, though? You know, you you know what Ashley was. Uh, you know, I of course I uh, shared it with my my wife, and then you know I, I told my mom and my dad. But you know, I was I was like, look, you cannot tell nobody. This cannot get out to the you know the media. No nobody. All right. So to share with us your earliest memories of how you got into sports and started playing sports. I started playing sports in the. Uh, backyard football. Uh, my, my brother, my oldest brother, Michael Williams, uh, during the early summer mornings, I always followed him around. They actually, where we stayed at, we stayed about a park called Cherry Street Park, which was on Sunday. Uh, number grown men play football, like tackle football. And at this time, I was seven, eight, nine years old. And I happened to, I couldn't play organized football yet because my mother was afraid I was going to get hurt. She thought I was, I was too small. So I played, um, I, I was actually, they let me play with them. Uh, I was the only kid that they would let play because, you know, my brother wanted to install that, that toughness and like, no, nah, no, nah, he, he I can handle it. And then, you know, as as the years went on, I actually started being like, you know, what 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 do they do is they 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 like pick teams and 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 this is where I kinda knew I had a, a future where not new, but like I was always one even though I was I was a kid and everybody else was adult, I was always one of the first one picked, like, hey, I, I want Carnell. So this guy by the name of we used to call Robocop. Man, I haven't seen him in years. He was actually a cop, and, and, and you know, he was real thick, and we, we called him RoboCop. And RoboCop actually went to my mother when I, when I was 10 years old, was like, look, you need to let your son play organized football. You know, he he's very talented. I think he have a chance to do some great things, and that's how my journey pretty much started. Now, so them selecting you first, was it because of your speed or your just athleticism or was it a combination of everything? You know what? Honestly, it was a combination of everything. I mean, honestly, when I was eight, nine years old, I was like exceptional, really fast and quick. I mean, like I, I was like, uh, honestly, a month old grown man. And, um, you know, hopefully, you know, these guys will hear this interview and bring back memories but i was looking back on it like i was actually as an eight nine year old kid i was actually arguably kind of like the the best player scored the touchdown and they did not treat me like a kid either they tackled me because i was that good were you nervous playing against grown men you know you know what honestly I, i wasn't man i was fearless and now that I look back on the things I did, I thank God that I I was fearless and naive a lot of things because, you know, I, I don't know if I would have had the courage to do a lot of things I, I did if I actually would have thought about the things, okay, I, I could get hurt playing with these big guys. But, I mean, honestly, at that young age, man, I was fearless. 
And then so now RoboCop talks to your mom. Did she give in and allow you to get into organized football at that point? Or did she wait for till you got a little bit older? She did give in. Uh, yeah. I, I was 10 years old when, when I first played organized football. And I played I play at the uh, Mountain Rams. And our team went one and 10, I think. But the coach's son was the running back. So everybody kind of wanted me to play running back and knew that I played with the grown men that were going out organized football. But the coach's son played, you know, running back. So I didn't didn't get to play running back to the last game of the season. And that's the only game we won. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like like honestly, I, I actually played like, tight end, tackle, defense end, you know, <laughs> blocking. Not using your skills that you knew that you had, right? Right. Not using my skills. So that very next year, when, whenever I turned 11, we had moved to a Taylor, Alabama, which is gas and a Taylor, which is six, seven miles apart. That's when I got the opportunity to uh, play for the Taylor Roadrunner. Steve McConnell was my uh, peewee coach, and man, what a fabulous job he did. All the sacrifices he made coming to, to uh, pick me up and me, me not having rides because my mom, you know, worked all the time. So, you know, uh, he would actually come pick me up. You know, he actually let me stay, stay at his house. So uh, Steve McConnell did an awesome job. Obviously, he had a big impact in your life there. So from there, then you get into playing in high school. How did that go uh, from? Well, well, from there, I got playing junior high school. And, uh, you know, whenever you're you well, where we from, you can't play uh, junior high until you're in the seventh grade. But uh, whenever you're in the sixth grade, you actually go out for spring football. And um, I still can't remember. The coach moved me to the junior varsity, the ninth grade team, as a sixth grader. You know, I came home and and told my mama, and and she raised saying, you know, she uh came up to the school and told the coach, no, my little boy, he's too small to be playing with those big boys. And I still can remember Coach Gray was my junior high coach was saying, Miss Sherry. I'm telling you, your son, he he can handle his own. Like he didn't want to say it in front of me, but he he would tell my mama. He she, he was like, he's like one of the best players right now as a sixth grader. Like I promise you, your son can can handle his own. It was probably very easy for you to handle your own there, considering you'd already been playing amongst grown adults before. No doubt, and I honestly owe a lot to my, my brother and, and those other grown men from uh, RoboCop to a lot of other men who gave that opportunity to uh, play with them in the park. And I think that's where it's uh, a lot of my toughness and me being fearless. So, um, you know, whenever I got moved up and played with older kids, I was never intimidated, never. So now walk us through high school and the whole recruiting process and when you start really getting recognized and when does it hit you that I'm going to be able to go to college because of football? 
Well, my ninth grade year going to high school, uh, you know, most people don't play on varsity. So I actually got moved up and played varsity. We had two great backs and Darren Nix, who was getting recruited by everybody in the country, and Thor Hale, who, who was getting recruited by a lot of people in the country. And, uh, you know, those guys paved the way for me. Um, those guys showed me uh, what kind of work ethic to have. But uh, I still can remember after one one of the games, and uh, I know the Florida Gators was recruiting their Knicks heavy. And I still can remember after one, one of our big games where I did good in the playoff, had like three touchdowns, 140-something yards. And what this coach said to me really made me believe and put a fire in me that I could succeed and do anything and go to college and play on the next level. He told me as a ninth grader, all he spoke to me, he said, hey, you're uh, Carnell Williams, right? I said, yes, sir. You know, he said, between me and you, you could go to the University of Florida right now and contribute and play for us. He literally told me, say, you have a scholarship at the University of Florida. And this is when, you know, Coach Sparadam, they were winning national championships, the best team in the country. So I'm like, wow, me? I could go to, you know, I could really go. He said, son, you could go to the University of Florida right now and play. So when he told me that, I went to my high school coach Coach Raymond Farmer, who a guy who did a lot of great things. I mean, again, he taught me a lot of work ethic. He, uh, you know, just the way he treat people fair, always, he was always hard on me, always demanded my best. But uh, I had, I talked with him and I told him what the scout said from Florida. And he sat me down in his office and he told me, he said, son, I'm telling you this because I feel like you can handle this, and if you keep your head level, you will be okay. He says, son, let me tell you this. I've been coaching for 36 years. If if you keep the attitude you have, you continue to work the way you work. He said, you could go to, you could pick any college you want to. You could handpick your college. And that's what really got me on a track where, started me where, you know what, I'm going to college. So, uh, Thanks, thanks, thanks to the guy, the Florida coach, and 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 thanks to my my head coach, Coach Raymond Farmer. Now you mentioned your attitude and the coach talking about your level headedness. Where did that come from? Where you didn't get this big head and I'm Carnell Williams, I'm going to be this superstar. How are you so grounded? You know what? <laughs> Honestly, thank God for the mother I have. My mom, Sherry Williams, which is where Sherry Robinson, she remarried. But my mom, she was a single mother raising six kids and working three or four jobs. And she she did jobs and took care of the family, things that she did not like to do. She had to support us and she had to make a way. And I never once seen her complain. I never once seen her get down and frustrated. Um, she, she always loved people. She always did for others. She always had this genuine love for other people and was always humble and grounded and always taught us to keep God first. And, you know, you can accomplish anything in life. And I, I honestly, I really 
owe everything to my mom, the the way she raised not only me, but my other brothers, because she installed things in us that uh, you can accomplish and do anything in life as long as you have faith. You have a very special mom then to be able to do all of that. Now, in high school, were you involved in other sports or is it just football? That was all you concentrated on. I played basketball. Honestly, uh, early on, I was really good at basketball, especially my like my ninth grade year. I got moved to varsity. I started towards the end of the year. I, I averaged like 14, 15 points that year. We had a really good team. But once that scout and my coaches told me that I had a chance to be special and, and could go to any college I wanted to, I put my focus so much on football I only play basketball to stay in shape and it's something to do so honestly after my like ninth grade year I never I never took basketball serious at all because basketball is a sport that I, I truly love and I play all the time growing up during the summer too I played that a lot but once I got that confirmation that you know I could do some great things I mean, I put most of my focus in football. And at that time, then did you start having dreams of making it to the NFL? No doubt. Honestly, I always had those dreams. And what's crazy is I always told my mother that I was going to buy her a house. Mama, <laughs> you are not going to have to work. And let me also share a story with you about uh, setting goals. I still can remember when I was a 10, 11, 11-year-old kid. One day, with me and my brothers, we was all in there playing video games. And I had wrote down my goals. At 11 years old, I told them that I was going to graduate from high school, go to college. I was going to get my degree. I was going to win Mr. Football. I was going to win the Heisman. I was going to go out to the NFL. Have, have a great career, and I was going to buy my mama a house. These things that I wrote down when I was 11. And, you know, and with us being kids, my brother, them friends over there, they actually laughed at me and was like, where are we from? That don't happen. So uh, I am a firm believer in uh, goal setting and writing your goals down because I am, I am a living witness of, of what that can do. You're a true testament to that. Now, going on the lighter side a little bit, who gave you the name Cadillac, and how did that stick? <laughs> well, um, Mike Rader, he was a news a sports newscaster who did high school football in the North Alabama area. And my junior year of high school, which I had a, it was my best year. We won state champion. We won the state championship. I had a crazy year, and he just kept saying I ran smooth like a Cadillac. And every time that they would come down and do our games or all my highlights that um, he would show me, he would always call me Cadillac, and I always play that Cadillac song with whenever I was my on my highlights. And then now, how often do you still people just call you Cadillac versus Carnell? <laughs> Well, honestly, I never introduced myself as Cadillac. I always introduced myself as Carnell. But honestly, people don't even know me by Carnell. 
most people know me by Cadillac. And it's crazy. Like, people around the country that I met, they actually thought my name was Cadillac. Like, they thought that was my first name. Like, they they, they always thought that was cool that my mama would name me Cadillac. That's great. <laughs> well, obviously, you came on the scene at Auburn. So, describe those years at Auburn and what that was like. Wow. I mean... I owe everything to Auburn University. That is a great place. I mean, for one, it's great people there. It's a family, close-knit bunch of people. And I I really believe going down to Auburn helped me become a better man. It helped, helped me become a man. I had some great moments down there, man. Um you know, my freshman year, I started off with a slow track. Uh, then I started come on strong, and then I I broke my clavicle. So you know, beginning of my career, I I, I had some obstacles that I had to overcome. You know, the the very next year, I was balling through the first seven. I had like ten touchdowns. Uh, I had like almost eight hundred yards in six games, and then against Florida. I broke my ankle. I had to really overcome some things early in my career. And without the support of my teammates and coaches in the Auburn family, that community would not be possible. And then, you know, my junior year and senior year, things, you know, got out to a great track. I had really, really two good years. Uh, one, one of my most memorable plays ever and one of my best plays ever was the 2003, the opening drive against Alabama and Iron Bowl, the 80-yard touchdown. I still get goosebumps like like I'm literally getting goosebumps just thinking about it and talking about it because I was once a, a little kid that always wanted to play in that Iron Bowl. And uh, I finally got my chance and to open it up to go 80 yards is special. And man, I just, I just, like I say, Auburn is a special place. I still got many, many best friends that I still golf with and talk from Randy Brown, Carlo Rogers, mm-hmm. Jason Campbell, Jerry's, you know, Mac- McIntyre, Tabarge Robinson. I mean, all DeMarco McNeil, always, we still stay in contact. We still, you know, play golf together. We do things, you know, family wise. We still all friends. And that's all because I, I made a decision to go go down to Auburn, and thank God I made that decision. So speaking of that decision, in Alabama, you're there on one side or the other, Alabama or Auburn. So growing up, were you an Auburn fan? <laughs> That's funny you ask that. Because growing up, I was actually an Alabama fan. My mother, I mean, my brothers, my uncles, and just the north, we're in north Alabama where – and most of that, that is road tide. So, you know, my family was all on was road tide. And I actually grew up a Alabama fan. But um, I still can remember my junior, thinking of my junior, senior year, whenever I went to Auburn, Georgia game. And that's when my eyes was like kind of lit up like, wow, like, Man, why nobody ain't told me about Auburn? Because I actually grew up since I was 11, 12 years old going to Bryant Denny Stadium, going to games on Saturday. You know, and the atmosphere at 
that Alabama was awesome. I enjoyed everything about it. But when I got that opportunity in high school to go down to the Auburn-Georgia game, I was blown away. Just the stadium, just the atmosphere. I was blown away. Well, then you're finishing up your senior season at Auburn. You go undefeated. Is there still a bad taste in your mouth that you guys didn't get a shot at the national championship? No doubt. I tell people when we still talk about it, I honestly feel like the whole playoffs are because uh got started, really got tossed accelerated because of that 2014, man. I feel like we were the best team in the country. We definitely won a shot at USC. I mean, that year was special, man. As far as a football year, that that's one of the, the best years of my life. I mean, the way we fought with each other, the way we loved, the way we pulled for each other, the way we grinded. I mean, that 2014, I'd never been part of a team that was so close and so togetherness. Our, our faith, you know, we, we share a guy with each other all the time. We did Bible studies. We did things off the field. That year was special. And for us not to get a chance to play for the national championship, it still ticks me off to this day. I can I, imagine I still, it does. I, I mean, I mean, I, I Oh, Lord, have mercy. Ah, okay. <laughs> I don't mean to bring up uh, bad memories there, but I know that had to be <laughs> tough for you guys. So you have the disappointment of not playing in the national championship game, but then you get drafted number five by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You're living out a dream. One of your goals that you wrote down when you're 11 years old, how did that feel? Wow. Who Lord, have mercy. Oh, the feeling is unexplainable. I mean, it's it's one of those feelings that it's something that you, a goal that you have your whole life that you write write down and, you know, every step of your life, that's, that's something you're trying to achieve and do. And then finally you get to that ultimate level, the NFL. I thank God I was there with my family. They supported me the whole way and, uh, you know, thank God for Coach Gruden and Bruce Allen for uh, drafting me and uh, giving me that opportunity, that dream come true. So, I mean, it, it, was, it was awesome. Well, and then you come on the scene also as a rookie. You win the Rookie of the Year. Uh, you set a record for having the first person to have three consecutive 100-yard rushing games and then get plagued by some injuries. So how frustrating was that, knowing that you were going so well and then you battle these injuries? That hurt bad because I really felt like that I could have really dominated on that level. I mean, what a great league it is. But I, I honestly felt like, you know, I, I was special, that I could have dominated. But again, I tore my patella tendon my uh, third year in the league. Um, and then I came back the very next year and tore my other patella tendon. And that was so frustrating because, you know, it's times whenever I, I used to watch myself on film and I used to be disgusted because, honestly, I was pretty much a shell of myself. I was fortunate enough to play seven years in the league after tearing my knee up year three and four. I mean, but uh, I wouldn't change nothing at all. Like I done stated many a time, 
I think those injuries really molded me as a man. It really helped me become who I am today. And uh, I feel like those stories and what I've been through can really help the next generation. And that's one of the reasons I got into coaching. The other thing that I think can help motivate younger athletes is your decision to go back and get your degree. And how important was that? You know what? That was very important because uh, now I'm married. I have two boys, Cole and Quinn, there's one in three. And, you know, that's one of those things where that's one thing that nobody can take from you is your degree. And I also felt like, you know, if I'm going to stress to my kids how important education is, let me lead by example. You know, so um, that's one of the reasons I went back to get my degree because of, you know, my kids and the importance of it. And nobody can take that away from me. When did it hit you that you wanted to be in coaching? Well, my last year of coaching was 2000. I'm sorry, my last year of playing was 2011. So I started getting that bug around 2013, 14, where I was like, man, I just missed the game. My my wife used to complain all the time because during football season, I used to literally be on the phone all day on Saturdays and Sundays just talking football, breaking down games with, with, with all my friends and my buddies. Okay. And my, my wife was – my, my my wife like, man, like you you should just go and coach it because that's all you talk about is football. So uh, I started getting that itch. So again, I went back to school and graduated in 20, fall of 2014. And then I got an opportunity through the NFLPA, go down to Henderson State, which is at Arkansas, Arkadelphia, Division II school, to go down there and coach for a season to see if it's something I wanted to do. And man, thanks to Coach uh, Maxfield and that staff, I had a blast. And I knew from day one, getting around those kids and you know seeing you know seeing the looks on those kids' face from from uh, you know me walking in the room and me just sharing you know my my obstacles and my trials and things I done been through and my coaching expert. I knew from from day one that uh. This is the field I wanted to be in. So from there, I had went to uh, West Georgia. And then this year, uh, I, I will be at uh, IMG Academy. Are you going to be a running back coach? Yes, sir. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a running back coach. Well, I know that's a great opportunity for you to continue sharing your story and the life lessons that you've learned. So wrapping it all up, can you describe just what sports has meant in your life? I mean, sports and the game of football has meant everything to me because, honestly, it has shaped me to who I am today. I mean, the game of football has taught me so much perseverance, communicating, not to be selfish, to play within a team, the camaraderie, the passion. I mean, the game, the game of football teaches you so many life lessons. So, uh, I, you know, I know there's a lot I hear about how people will let their kids play football because of all the concussions and things are going on. But uh, I am here to say that football is the best thing that ever happened to me. I honestly believe if I didn't have a game of football and my teammates and that camaraderie, 
and those coaches who I met who have shaped me and the man I am today and uh, did so much for me, I don't know where I would be in life. Following on that, you're in coaching and what words of wisdom have meant a lot to you and that you would like to share or words that you share right now with the athletes that you're coaching? A lot of times with my guys that I coach, I always tell them to have faith. Have faith in whatever you're doing. But not only have faith, but follow that with action because faith without works is dead. So, you know, I always tell my guys, man, you have to have a a strong work ethic. You know, it's okay. You're going to fail. You're not going to always succeed. You're not going to always win. But it's not about how far you fall or how much you stumble. It's about how you come back from those things. So uh, those are some of the things that I try to preach to um my guys and, and always to do for others. Do things in life that's not selfish. Like don't always be about you. Long as you are always look, looking out for other one others and so sowing that seed, that kind of seed there, things will always come back your way. So that's why I always stress my guys. Well, I think those type of words and the wisdom that you can share, I think you're going to impact a lot of younger athletes. And I wish you the best at IMG. And I'm going to be following because I know there's a lot of athletes down there and going to be highly recruited. And it's great that you're going to be involved with all of those. And again, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having me, Richmond. Thank you very much. Now, I know one thing. As an eight- or nine-year-old, you can better believe that I wasn't playing tackle football against grown men. No, thank you. I know we're much more fearless as kids than we are as adults, but seriously, tackle football with men? Uh, I just don't understand it. And anytime I hear stories like Carnell's where there's a single parent and what his mom did raising those kids, it still fascinates me and amazes me that somebody can do that. And especially as Carnell mentioned, that she always seemed to be upbeat and positive. And, you know, and I, I did hate that. I forgot to ask him, did he eventually buy his mom a new house that he had written down as a goal when he was 11 years old? I presume that he did, but I'd love to know that. And also, I really loved hearing how him how he wrote down goals at 11 years old and I'm not sure I ever did that I really don't think I did and I love that it didn't matter to Carnell that people laughed at him about his goals and told him that he couldn't do it because no one from their hometown did anything like that he's just a true testament in believing in yourself having faith and working hard and now he's really got a chance to continue telling his story and hopefully change, you know, even one kid's outlook as he's coaching down at IMG Academy. Well, let's bring this episode to a close with the weekly words of wisdom. Keeping encouragement and motivation rich. Keeping encouragement and motivation rich. Let's explore the weekly words of wisdom. The weekly words of wisdom this episode come from arguably the greatest coach in professional football, and that's Vince Lombardi. Now, the Super Bowl trophy is named after Coach Lombardi, so you know he was a special coach. And he's probably got books upon books of great quotes and mottos, but this is one that I particularly like because it really reinforces the fact that there will be times that you're going to get knocked down. But the true question is, how do you react? How do you respond? And his quote goes like this. 
It's not whether you get knocked down. It's whether you get back up. And again, we will all get knocked down, and that's even physically and metaphorically, because there's going to be challenges in our lives that knock us down. But the main thing is we all need to get back up. Now, episode 21 comes to an end. And remember, focus forward so we don't live in the past. All the best, everyone. You've been listening to Rich Take on Sports, the sports podcast with life. Visit richtakeonsports.com to subscribe and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. You can also follow us on Twitter at Rich Take Sports. Thanks for listening. 